recently, and I'll put the link to that recording below in the video description, we discussed what a living wage is and how building service contractors can use a living wage program when they respond to proposals, how they can land more jobs, more work, and get more revenue from a program like that. Today, we're going to look at how a BSC, a building service contractor, can get this done, what it takes, and answer some questions that many of you might have about this process of implementing a living wage program into your company. And whether you're a company or a facility, this information will apply to many in our industry, uh, the broader ISSA audience that we serve. So today we have three guests, and I'm gonna let them introduce themselves because each one of them has a specific part in this. Uh, we, have we have two from a building service contracting company, and one actually from the living wage program that we're going to discuss, someone that works in that field. So Frank, let's start with you. Uh, good afternoon, Frank Wodzinski, Chief Operating Officer for Bravo Building Services and work with clients on developing and implementing facility cleaning solutions. And uh, good day, everyone. My name is Kara Martinez and I'm the president and founder of Bravo Building Services. Uh, I ensure that all of the processes and people that we put in place do what they should do every day. So glad to be here. Thank you. And um, uh, my name is Biko Nagara. I'm the chief uh, program officer for Living Wage for us. And I'm really heading up the certification uh, work and the certification program uh, for Living Wage for us. And thanks so much for having us, Jeff. Well, thank all three of you for being here. This is important information for anyone looking to use this type of program. So we have Biko, who's from the Living Wage for Us, and two building service contractors, uh, perfect folks to talk to about this topic. So my first, my first question is this, and in line with our previous recording, let's briefly touch on this. Why should building service contractors consider alternate living wage proposals? And maybe Frank and then Karen could speak on this. Frank? Sure. So in, in our industry, uh, BSCs typically are bidding market wages. And many a times those, those wages are below a living wage. And so for you know, us, we, we believe that there's an opportunity to partner with many clients uh, based on their values and, and their mission um, as an alternate um, to be able to um, increase the, the wages that our teammates and employees are being paid. And Karen, what could you add to that? Agreed, Frank. So um, when, uh, when Bravo was started 25 years ago and uh, being fairly new in the industry, I had learned very early on that uh, most folks in our industry do not get paid uh, for days off, you know, whether it's holidays and, uh, you know, even sometimes on vacation or sick days at the time. So, you know, the whole reason for actually even forming Bravo was really to start um, paying people, you know, what they should be paid, what's in the contract. And what's really interesting is when clients started to be introduced to that concept, more so in the last four or five years, they really embraced that, that, wow, what is it that you're doing for your customer, for your, for your employees? And it made a lot of sense to them. And it's just when, when customers are socially responsible to do the right thing, they want to ensure that the contractors that they have on site also are doing the right thing. So we're seeing it more and more today where, where clients are really understanding that the people that come into their facility are the fabric to their team, their culture, who they are. 
And it's just a smart way. It's a good business acumen just to continue to do the right thing. And we're customers that aren't aware of it to give them that alternative. Biko, have you ever heard of this company, Bravo? Um, the Jansan sector is pretty new to me um, because I've been working in many different sectors from seafood, agriculture, manufacturing. Um, I'm actually, one of the things I really love about um, about this job is I do get to meet folks in so many different new industries that I haven't engaged in yet. Um, and so I was really excited to meet both of you, Karen and, and Frank, having, you know, having heard about you uh, through Chris and um, and some of the work that you uh, that you've done is really impressive, and and so really looking forward, have been looking forward to meeting with you and and talking to you about this topic. Uh, if you embrace the living wage program, if you make it part of your company, how do you identify potential clients that this will work with? So, so Jeff, I I can tackle that, and I I think one of the things that we're focused on is really working with our clients and understanding what their, what their core values are, what their mission and, and vision are, identifying that early on in, you know, in a bidding opportunity and, and then really engaging with them at a higher level to determine you know, how, how we can best incorporate that into an overall program. Mm -hmm. what I was just gonna add to that. What's, what's interesting is uh, about a year ago, a nonprofit uh, organization that we, that we service actually came to us and said, you know, what can we do about um, paying 100% of uh, the employee's um, health insurance? And I said, well, right now, you know, we are covering a portion of it. Let's, let's be strategic and what this looks like. And they actually incorporated it into their, into their program and into the contract. And it's amazing. Uh, how that team just turned around and, you know, it gets uh, thousands of visits um, a year and they are just so proud of identifying themselves as doing the right thing for their contractors across the board and partnering with customers like that, that already are understanding, you know, the difference that it makes. It, it just goes, it goes a long way. So it's nice to see that it's starting off slowly um, but we definitely would want to be able to identify corporations that, you know, want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, if I could just add to that, uh, Jeff, you know, it's, it, it's, it's so important, you know, so many uh, corporations now have ESG goals and, you know, the number one issue, um, just even referring to a recent study that was put up by Just Capital is living wage. This is, you know, it's not a new issue. It's been around for a long time, but I think, really the focus on it and the attention to it has especially, you know, this year with, uh, with how, you know, all of the things going on in the labor market, it's really a focus um, and a, a really you know, top priority issue for a lot of companies. So I know I mentioned this earlier, we'll, we had a previous recording about the nuts and bolts of the proposals and I'll make sure folks can see that below, but maybe someone could touch on this. Um, how do you get all of this into a proposal? You know, I, Biko, I imagine that Living Wage for Us has a support system. Can you talk about that? Absolutely, yeah. So that's really what, you know, why we exist and why we started this program is, you know, there's a lot of data out there and what we wanted to do is take the guesswork out of it, right? For companies that want to do Living Wage. And so what we've done is we've taken the work um, that we've been engaged in 
for many years globally. And there's now very much a consensus around the definition, how you do living wage benchmarks. Um, now, as an employer, you know, if you're looking for data, you know, you can go out there and find um, different types of cost of living calculators. But what we wanted to do is really build a program that helps employers, you know, from beginning to end, you know, walk you through that process. How do I do that? You know, what, what numbers do I use, right? How do I figure out, especially if you're uh, like your company working in so many different locations and so many different states, how do I navigate all of that, right? Because it's, there's so much complexity. So what we wanted to do is take on that complexity, take care of the research. And then what we actually do is we have a living wage benchmarks calculated county by county. Uh, information's available on our website. Um, the, uh, now that said, the other piece is that in the US, uh, a really complex piece is benefits. So if you're just looking at cash wages, that's one piece of it, but then how do you factor in your benefits and how does that compare against the cost of living? How does it factor into the living wage? So we provide tools and support to help walk you through that whole process, whether you wanna be certified, that's absolutely one option is, you know, we have a standard and we say, you know, this is the process that you walk through, identify your locations, your positions, that you can use our online tools to input your information. And it, it gives you, you know, a, an analysis that shows where are you today? Um, you know, maybe I'm already at the living wage at the tier one, or maybe I'm already at the tier two, or maybe I'm not there yet. But having that analysis is the first step then to work with you to look at, well, what are the different options for how we can bridge that gap if there is indeed a gap? So, so the, getting this all together, all that support is there, but Frank, I want to talk to you now. You're the chief operating officer. So I imagine what you pay for your expenses, labor to do the work concerns you. Absolutely. So what do you think about all this and paying more to your people? Yeah, you know, it's something that we fully embrace. And, you know, we also work very closely with a lot of the labor unions within the Jansan space. And this has been, you know, a topic that, you know, current wages just are not um, keeping up with, with demand. And so the, the, the option to be able to partner and give an alternate proposal that, you know, pays our teammates a, a living wage is something that we highly encourage. Uh, we actually submitted our first uh, response to an RFP in the past 10 days, utilizing the website for, for the Living Wage Foundation, the data that was there. And we found it to be very uh, useful um, and resourceful. And th this particular client engaged in that conversation. So there's no outcome yet, uh, but it was, a, it was a learning opportunity for us and one that um, within our organization, you know, we've embraced. Okay. And Karen, you're the president, so obviously you wanted to work financially and for your, I like teammates, by the way. That's nice. Not workers, not employees. Teammates, our teammates. Never. So you're on board, Karen, obviously, with this as well. Oh, absolutely. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's actually almost seeing the vision come through of, of why Bravo was created and, and, you know, being able to, you know, what a, what a perfect formula is having happy employees, happy customers. Uh, you know, it's just good business acumen and it's a win-win for everyone. So it's just, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. And we're not talking about a local operation. I understand you operate in how many states? We're so national at this point. 
yeah. under the KBS company. Yeah. Okay. And Frank, what were you going to say? Sorry. Say the, the, the Bravo brand itself is, you know, touching 4,000 uh, teammates and overall throughout the U.S. with KBS, we have over 40,000 teammates. So the footprint's pretty large. Wow. That's amazing. So nice. All right. So I'm not sure who can answer this question, but let's say you, you get the contract, you put out the proposal, you get the contract. What are the next steps with working with the new client? Is there anything we should know about there? I, I think when it comes to, you know, the living wages, really just um, understanding existing staff that would be um, coming over to, you know, the BSC um, or recruitment, working with our HR teams internally, um, tracking and reporting, I think is going to be very important to, you know, our clients as well. Um, and just constantly engaging with, with our team to be able to understand, um, you know, the impact that a program like this has. Great. And Biko, anything? So uh, go ahead, Karen. I was just going to say it's going to be a great benchmark to share with them in their business reviews, right? Absolutely. So for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I was just going to add that, um, you know, we, uh, we recently, because the program is fairly new, we just uh, launched last year. And um, one of the first things that we did was work with the IDH. Um, which is an organization based in the Netherlands that a lot of multinationals use as a reference point to understand, you know, where to go for credible benchmarks to use for living wage. And so now that our program has been recognized and we're listed there, um, that's opened up a lot of opportunities for us to start working with multinational companies. We're already working with a lot of, you know, larger um, kind of Fortune 500 companies all the way down to, uh, uh, you know, local, smaller organizations that are based in single locations. So our program is really designed for that whole range uh, of companies that we're working with. Um, and so in, in terms of, um, you know, in terms of the opportunity there, we're still in early stages. And that's why I'm uh, particularly excited to um, talk to Karen and, and Frank and, and Jeff to keep this conversation going to build on the, the, uh, the conversation that you had earlier with Michelle, is we really want to work with the Jansand industry, uh, with BSC contractors, um, you know, to understand, you know, how can we work with you to help you with your customers, but also to help your customers, right? Because we see a lot of companies now are coming through and, and especially for those companies that are going for certification or if they're going for business affiliate program with us, they're gonna be looking for contractors um, because that is part of their program and they're gonna to wanna to make sure that you know, their own operations, but also their contractors um, are part of the, uh, you know, are part of that program and, and meet the living wage. You know, so far we've talked about basically how to, how a building service contractor can work a living wage program into their proposal to get new work, right? What about if you already have a client? And I know Bravo has lots of clients out there. Can this be implemented into an existing relationship? Well, I, I think so, Jeff. And I think, you know, the wages has been at the forefront, really, of our industry for a long time, but in particular, over the last probably 12 to 18 months, you know, based on the current labor market. And so we've been working with many of our clients um, specifically on increase in wages um, for teammates. And so that, you know, and, and we've been able to do that mid-contract term 
and you know, just as market conditions require. And so many of our clients are partnered with us, continue to partner with us with a uh, high focus on wages. I had a meeting with a client yesterday that's a multinational um, to specifically understand you know, what's driving wages, what can we do to ensure that we are recruiting the absolute best. Um, and you know, that is definitely a focus that we're having with many clients. You know, I was talking to a contractor yesterday about how they got undercut. Someone came in and took their took a contract from them. So would you say, and maybe Karen, you could speak to this, that if you're engaged in a living wage relationship with a client, that makes it a stronger relationship? You know, I think there's, it's, it's a catch 22. I think um, what it does introduce is an opportunity to possibly start to re-engineer the way things are being done in the building, you know, whether, through technology or AI or different things that could be introduced, as well as make, making sure that everyone, you know, is being paid, you know, a living wage. So I, I think it increases the conversation with your customer, um, because uh, I, I do feel that if you're not paying attention right now to your customers and what's happening right now, if there's a lot of turnaround in your staff, I think it's, it's there's a missing opportunity there you know, and it's an opportunity to bring it, you know, how maybe we could right size the way the building is being managed today. Yeah, to me, it seems like if you have a, a customer, a client, and they see you taking care of your team members, if they know you care, that has to mean something with the entire relationship. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I think so. I, I think it demonstrates the level of commitment that you have um, to your own teammates, to the client, and, you know, and really working together in a, in a true partnership. And Biko, anything to add to that? Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's a huge signal, right? Uh, That Mm -hmm. of, you know, of your company's values, you know, and um, I know you, you, you talk a lot about your commitment to excellence, right? In your, uh, in your business and your performance. and, And part of that is your, you know, as a company commitment to your, team members right Absolutely. and so that signal goes both ways both externally with your clients mm-hmm. but also um also with your own team internally exactly and as much as we you know it's always our goal to be competitive generally we're not that lowest bidder you know we're coming in you know right where we need to be in order to perform the right job and and our customers know that and you know sometimes you have to also know when to walk away from a project that sometimes just it just doesn't make sense um, so, you know, and, and we do that. We're not out there on these low bid situations and environments that just do not fit within, you know, the way we value our business and putting our, putting our employees, um, you know, having them do something that we wouldn't do ourselves. You know, that's something that, you know, we really, really take pride in, you know, if we wouldn't do that job, you know, how can we make someone else do it? And for that, uh, for that low wage. So, you know, there's, you know, there's unfortunate circumstances out there. And sometimes we just, you know, we'll walk away from those situations as well. Yeah. So let's say you do this and you off, you want the living wage program to be part of your process as a contractor. Do you offer to everyone or do you be selective? What do you say to that? Yeah, I think our approach, I think our approach is one that would be selective and really being able to Look at our client base, understand um, you know their missions and where there's a true opportunity to implement right away, and 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 that's exactly what what we're doing now. And so, 
you know, focus on those clients where we think that we can make an immediate impact um, and then continuously just educate and work with those other clients where we think that, you know, there may be opportunity in the future. And Biko, you were going to say something. Great. Yeah, no, sorry about that, Frank. Um, yeah, and just to add to that, there, there are uh, many different ways that, uh, that we, you know, we can support you as a business also in your living wage journey, right? And, um, and in particular, when it comes to uh, BSEs working with your clients, um, you, there's anything from going full in with certification, you could certify your whole company, right? That's one option. And one of our, uh, one of our first companies that joined the program actually is a home cleaning uh, company, services cleaning company based in Washington, D.C. called Well Paid Maids. That's their entire business model um, is, uh, is based around their entire operation being certified. So that's one option. The other option is you can also go site by site, client by client. Um, and we also have an option where we work with uh, companies that uh, are under the business, we call business affiliate um, program. And that allows us to work uh, with companies that are not ready to go in for the full uh, uh, organization, especially for larger companies. We recognize it's going to take time. Uh, you know, we hope we're going to be pushing in that direction, maybe in three, five, you know, years time, you know, maybe that's something that becomes more possible as we push, as we move the entire industry. Um, but we also recognize that we start with small steps. And so, you know, we're absolutely happy to work with, um, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with you, different companies uh, in whatever makes the most sense for your business. Absolutely. What about, a, what about a, if you have a, a building you're taking care of, a big building? Now, I'm, I'm no contractor myself, so I'm going to ask a, maybe a dumb question. But um, obviously, in that building, you might have different ones you work for They're on the 12th floor, on the eighth floor, whatever. So how do you deal with that when it comes to working with different tenants? Yeah, I think those multi-tenanted facilities on the commercial side are probably the most challenging Um you know, really understanding and you, you, in various buildings, you can have, you know, 20 to, to 50 different tenants within within that facility. And so I think working with that tenant, but also working with the real estate owner and the property management firms, um, what we wouldn't want to do is be able to have a different wage for different folks with, within one facility. We'd really want it to be consistent, you know, across the board. And so, you know, in our own portfolio, I think that's where, you know, one of the challenges lies for us and our initial focus would be more in the, the larger end user type environments. However, I, I feel, Frank, it's, it's um, I think it is doable because what we've done in the past is we've also bridged that gap to be able to give a three, four, five year budget in order to get to certain milestones of increases. Um, so whether it's in a union environment or a non-union environment of where the customer could be. So it's, it's really also helping to try to, you know, bridge that gap and work with that customer and, and put those budgets in place. And that could possibly, you know, check off the tenant being happy with that approach. And, you know, we know by 2024, they're going to get to this point, you know, so it's, it's setting those goals and, you know, setting that in sight. So it's really the, that communication, but a tenant could really, one tenant could probably make a huge difference in one multi-tenant facility, for sure. Could be infectious, who knows? Who yeah. Knows? yeah. So listen, this is great information. We appreciate it. And, and let's, let's do this maybe in the future. 
we'll have you three come back and tell us what happened with your next steps. And, you know, down the road, we'll, we'll touch base. We'd love to. All right. I'd love to do that. Thank you. All right. Thank you.